Welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Uh, this is Zach Davis uh, broadcasting you live from my house uh, in South Charleston. <laughs> um, I'm here today with James Barker from Chapmanville High School. Well, Chapmanville Regional High School, right? Um, and we're just going to talk some football, talk some philosophy. Uh, you'll be able to find this podcast on iTunes when I put it up. And my blog site, ZachDavis24.blogspot.com. That'll also have links to the Buzzsprout feed and the iTunes feed. So I just want to give Coach Barker some time to talk about Chapmanville, his time there, and what they believe in as a program. So take it away, Coach. I've been there since 2007 in some capacity, some way, shape, form, fashion. Um, uh, 2008, I became part of the high school staff. I uh, was there for two, three years, and I took over the middle school job. And the reason I took the middle school job was so we could start integrating our high school philosophy into our middle school. And that's been kind of a marriage that we've had now for the past six years, even though I moved up to the high school uh, four years ago. I was only at the middle school for two years, but we started using that terminology. And the kids that I had as eighth graders at the middle school um, – hosted the first playoff game at Chapmanville in school history. So we finally, that was a, a oh, really wow, good group. Is, yeah. um, we weren't, we weren't great defensively, but uh, we, we could spread you out and put up the points. And uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of been um, being an offensive coordinator that we, something we take pride in um, is trying to be able to score and do those things uh, that season, which was now shoot. Two, three years ago, we averaged 40 points a game. Gee whiz. Last, man. Last, last year, I averaged 30 points a game, even though we went 5-5. Five of five. Um, But um, we, you know, my dad being the defensive coordinator when I grew up, it was always mm-hmm. about beating my dad. So, Oh, I, your dad was a D.C.? Yeah, my dad was okay. a D.C. at Logan High School for a very, very long time, then got the okay. head coaching job. So he he loves defense, and he'll talk to you hours and hours about it. And uh so it's always been our kind of yin and yang. We sure. we always kind of chalk talk against each other in the downtime. And I live right next door to him, so it's I don't even have to okay. go too okay. far for some knowledge every once in a while. That's awesome. Um, and then we went down in clinics with you guys for a week for an afternoon. You guys paid for our lunch and everything. That was that was awesome. Um, you know, talk about the type of you know kids. You know, body, I guess not like a type of kid or body type you generally have at Chapmanville and how you use that in your offense. You know, we're in a, in a low socioeconomic area. And for, for us to succeed, we kind of have to make our system fit our players, not, you know, make our players fit into a certain system. So, you know, we're going to get some good athletes here and there, everywhere. Everybody, everybody does in AA and in your lower tier AAA. And we just got to find a way to get them in space. Now, right. when we're really good, we have about three, four, five country boys that <laughs> just can go flat out and punch you in the mouth and drive you all night uh, into the ground. And right. uh, sometimes we have them in some classes and sometimes we don't. It just kind of depends on the year. We feel like, obviously, this year we do. Sure. Um, but, you know, 
that that's the kind of thing. And we talked about this in philosophy moving forward is we've got to develop more fullbacks, linebackers, and tight ends because mm-hmm. we don't have those body types from where we're at. So we have to develop them, whether it's in the weight room or going and recruiting a kid that maybe never played that has that body type. We right. have to go get those kids. Mm-hmm. That's cool, Coach. Man. We, we've got out, we kind of quit trying to – Develop them. Just said, forget it. We, man, we play with like one, just one kid that plays fullback, or you know, ten personnel. But uh, we'd like to get in more 21, 20, well, 21, 11. We actually talked about that today in our one of our meetings. Um, you know, talk about how does that affect what you do with your offense when you develop those type of kids? Well, and you know, if we have a true fullback, you'll see us in the eye a little bit more, and not necessarily straight eye downhill. We'll do some variations of it, but you know our our head coach Rob Dial he he grew up in the eye an eye tree he actually grew up in a wing T tree but he kind of developed a, a love for the, the eye formation so right. I try to humor that a little bit and and do that because I'm familiar with the eye as well but um, when we have a, a good fullback and a tight end we've had a lot of success we've we've made some some runs in the playoffs and uh, when we've had good linebackers we have too and we feel like that if uh, we can put those type of bodies on the field, then you can you can start banging and beating with the Domingos of the world a little bit better because when it comes down to it, stopping the run is the number one priority. And yeah. uh, we, we've had trouble doing that here in the past few years. Yeah, that's, that's the – I was actually quoted in the paper a couple weeks ago talking about what do we need at Riverside need to do. And our whole thing was stop the run when you have to. And like you said, Coach, that's just – that can be hard when the other team has better personnel. Not a you know maybe not a more athletic kid, but a bigger, stronger kid that right. can just run right at you. That's hard to deal with. I mean, you look at Mingo with with Joe Hunt last year, and he is just he's just a beast. And you couldn't you know he's going to fall forward for three yards even if you hit him at the line of scrimmage. And that's right. tough. You know, you get them in the third and one situation, you feel like you've accomplished something. And you know that 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 kid's going to be able to push and get get three yards there. So we got to find those type of kids that that can play at Chapmanville. We think we've got a few this year. Yeah, that's awesome, Coach. Talk to us about kind of y'all's y'all's program philosophy. What are some things that you hang your hat on at Chapmanville? Well, we think our C, which is our block C that we pretty much put on everything, stands for stands for three things. Character is number one because when it comes down to it, you know you would say 90% of your roster is not going to get scholarships or go on to play somewhere. So we want to, we want to build them in the men. Uh, that's number one. Number two is we want to have commitment. And we tell them, you know, no matter what you do in life, you got to have a commitment to, to something, whether it be your job, your family, both. We, you know, we want them to be committed to not only our program, but to each other. And then three, community, because we love Chapmanville. Um, everybody on the staff does. And we're really a tight knit community. I mean, you should see our homecoming parade. It's crazy. You got thousands of people there, and I mean, about a thousand people that come out for the homecoming parade. There's not a thousand people in the town. I was about to say, wow, gee whiz. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a it's a really community thing, and you know, we sometimes our when we talk about community, we'd like a little bit more support from our community. Um, Our playoff game we hosted a few years ago wasn't wasn't highly. uh, there weren't a lot of people there. It wasn't highly attended from the Chattanooga community. Um, but when we play our rivals, you know, Logan, Scott, Mann, uh, 
it's packed it's packed house every time so oh, yeah, we get a lot of we get a lot of support but those three things character commitment community we really hang our hat on we try to we try to drive that home with our kids we do ACT prep uh, on Tuesdays with juniors and seniors for free to try to get them to understand that that's the important part of the the process of going to college you know and and we tell our kids I don't care if you sign a college scholarship or sign on to go play uh, underwater basket weaving. <laughs> we want you to go and go to college, get sure. continue your education. Now we and I'm sure you have a lot of kids at Riverside too that uh, don't that that's not their cup of tea. We try to get them in the trade school, welding, doing that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know anything we can do to get our kids to continue their education. That's what we're that's what we're all about. Sure, and yeah, that's that's awesome and. All the coaches I've talked to around here, that's what they want to do. They want to get their guys in school. And it's not always football, like you said, but getting them to a place so they can be successful in what they're trying trying to do. So, Coach, how did you end up in Chapmanville? Is your family from there? I'm from, yeah, we're, I'm from there. I graduated from Logan High School, which is the – Oh, dang, Coach. Time. Yeah. yeah Jeez. So I still have my old Logan jersey. I cannot <laughs> – I can't squeeze the back end of that one. Um, but graduated from Logan High School, um, went to Marshall, went to WU, then came back to Marshall to graduate. Um, and just, I, I told my dad when I was, uh, I was like pre-law and I was like, I just don't, I just can't. Pre-law coach, yeah. my gosh. I was, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to coach because I just had a love for the game and sure. came back home after I graduated and, uh, started coaching and been here ever since and i don't see any i every day i wake up is a is a great day in sure, my mind so. sure it's like a drug you know yeah, it like is. We, that's all we want to do uh you know when you when you think about high school football you know i think about guys that are just passionate we don't you know don't pay you a whole lot to do it uh but it's something that we just we love we love to do and you know somebody Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what would you do if you couldn't couldn't coach? I was like, I don't know what I would do. Like, there's no other option. I somewhere you'd have to be competitive. I don't know what it would be, but I it, I couldn't think anything. Right. I mean, I mean, you're you're a lifer like like me and my dad and my dad's dad. So I mean, uh, I'm third sure. generation. So yeah. I can't get away from it. Yeah, same here. I mean, grandpa, dad, uh, you know, it's, it's such a it's such a fun, fun thing. Um, you know, when you talk about building, you know, a program, you, your your dad was the head coach at Chapmanville for how long? Uh, he was there from 04 to 15, I think 11 years. Okay, okay. Um, you know, talk about, like, the process of, um, we've been, I went to your facility with my, one of my, my coordinators, what, what was that? In February, maybe March? Somewhere in there, Somewhere I think. Mid March. And your facilities are unbelievable. I mean, it is beautiful. Let's talk about like what does it take to raise funds at Chapmanville? Because every place is, is different. Well, I'll start with the backstory. In 04, when my dad got there, their weight room was beside the baseball building. That's where the, the current new high school sits. And they had one bench. In one squat rack. Oh, my gosh. And they had three kids show up the first day for weightlifting. Oh, my gosh. So, my dad's goal to, when he came in was to build a new weight room facility, uh, which got done in uh, 05, 06, somewhere in there. 
and to you know put more money into the weight room and start to build the program from there brick by brick. Right. And uh, um, since then, you know, we we've had pretty steady groups in the weight room. We've done a pretty yeah. good job of that. That's where you build your your team. As for the turf, uh, God bless Logan County. Sometimes you know uh, that's. I went and spoke at a board meeting one time when we had grass, and uh, they asked me about turf. I said, I don't really want turf. I just want to upgrade to other facilities. But then they said, well, we're going to get you turf. I said, I won't complain about anything else for a while. So, yeah, right, um, But, you know, that that turf makes everything a lot easier to practice on. And uh, it just um, – we're, we're trying to upgrade the bathrooms a little bit. We're doing a little bit more around the stadium. Uh, we're, we had a grant for the press box to get upgraded to. So we're, we're trying to put some more money in, into, Gee, the, into the stadium. Where do you bit. find grants for a press box? Ah, we have a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, president of our Boosters Club is Derek Dalton, and uh, he does a fantastic job. And they're always – our uh, our Boosters Club is a – as a certified federal not-for-profit organization, so right, okay. we he just finds some grants sometimes and we go from there. Man, press box grants. So, what do you guys do as far as? Um, I know most coaches we we struggle with for funding and trying to give our kids the best stuff. Like, what do you guys do to help raise raise funds? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's funny. I was listening with with you and uh, Coach Fields from Mayo County asked the same question. Uh, they do a lot of the same stuff we do, you know, t-shirt sales, car washes, those type of things, those little things that kind of just build your budget a little bit. We did something this year, which was a, a pork barbecue like day where we cooked about uh, twenty pork butts. And, oh, gee whiz! And, uh, we sold sold those dinners and uh, made a good good chunk of change for that. And we ran out. Um, oh man, yeah, it was it was crazy. But uh, yeah, those type of things um, we do. Our t-shirt sales are always going to be number one for for gaining money into our program. Uh, past that, it's just money here, money there. We do our touchdown club. We sell, and this is one of the coolest things about our stadium. We sell tailgate lots beside the field because we only have bleachers on one side. So we sell tailgate lots beside the field on the other side of the field, and you can tailgate, put up a tent, cook your own food, whatever you want to do, huh? And watch the game. And I, you're from me to the your driveway out there from the field. That's I mean, it's, awesome. It's, it's a really interesting atmosphere. Yeah, that's, coach, that's sweet. Um, you know, it's, when we went down there, I was just impressed with the facilities and the way it looked. And, uh, you know, something we're striving to do at, at Riverside, the turf would be great. <laughs> I think <laughs> I've spent more time on our field getting, getting, trying to get it ready in actual practice. Uh, Been there but, many times. Gee whiz. You know, it's it's interesting. We played y'all what three times at seven oh seven? No, twice at seven oh seven this this off season and I know that can be a some coaches hate it, some coaches love it. You know, talk about what, how you guys see seven oh seven. I see it as a great teaching tool and and we start to find out who can do what and, and we can really start to tweak where they're at mm-hmm. in our system. Um you know, we will sometimes put a safety at corner just to see if he can play corner and maybe we got a better safety somewhere else. Um, we start to move receivers around a little bit. Now, if we've got a really good one that we know is going to be in the slot, we'll keep him in the slot. But we will spread him out and single him up sometimes. But we, we're trying to figure out what pieces go where 
mm-hmm. um, and what we can do. Now, with our younger kids, it's a great teaching tool. Um, we want them to, you know, freshmen and sophomores, they got to remember our five basic pass combinations. Right. Our five, if they can do that and play, because we've been a cover three team, they can play cover three, we're pretty pleased with our young kids coming out of summer. But our older guys, we want to see who will compete at certain positions and try to find out where they go. You know, we, we, we always have turnover. You know, you know you're never going to have uh, an entire junior class coming back. So we got to fill some spots that seniors leave out. And uh, we, we, that's what we try to do is find out, find the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, shoot, we couldn't beat y'all. Y'all beat us twice. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was, the one I was on a, on a really fluke freak play that I don't know how that ball got tipped. And that oh, jeez. It happens. Yeah, I'm just glad you guys beat one team. Was there? Another team was <laughs> um, yeah, pet peeve of mine: people who get in quads, diamond, uh, and next to the ball, next to the one yard from the ball, and seven on seven. Uh, that and then they just try to knock you out when they play defense and tackle you. Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, but, anyways, you know it's interesting when you talk about seven on seven because. You know, some people treat it as a Super Bowl, but I think you guys are treating it the right way with it's a developmental thing. You're yeah. trying to find out what people can do and how how they can play. I saw you guys using wristbands. Is that something that you – why do you like that over, like, signals everybody turning and looking? We, we, we used to do all verbiage, and then we would do numbers as well. And we have, we have now four ways to call plays, mm-hmm. but – we used to do all verbiage, and then we would we'd have a risk coach for the quarterback only, and we'd used to huddle all the time. Um, when my first year as the OC, we didn't go fast enough for what I like to do. And then people, when we play our county rivals and we say a certain phrase, when they've heard it for six years, yeah, they, true. they know what's coming. So we went to the risk coaches to try to eliminate them knowing what play we're going to run. So we use the risk coaches a little bit more against our rivals than we oh, do, okay. Okay. Uh, say, like a Winfield or somebody else that's not familiar with us. So when we went to the risk coaches, I actually got the risk. I went down to Paintsville, Kentucky, and watched uh, Joey Cherico okay. and Jason Kenner practice down there. They've had a lot of success here in the last few years. And they, you know, they let me look at what they did while the risk coach. And uh, I liked what I saw. So it's it's all a Tony Franklin system. So yeah, right. So I pulled it back, and we kind of we dumbed ours down a little bit because we don't have the the brightest of the bright sure. in Chapmanville. So we tell them if you can read, you can play offense for us. Um, uh, now our line, their risk coaches are not as uh, right. easy because we make them memorize rules to to our run game. So sure, it'll tell them what to do, but that that's that's not always what that rule will stay depending on what technique you have in front of. So we, we put a lot on our line on our quarterback. Okay. So do you put like each for each individual individual position what they have to do or is it just a play call? Each individual position tells wow. them the play and what they have to do. Wow. The huh. only position that doesn't have that is a quarterback because the quarterback needs to know what all right. of them are doing. So um, if we have – the beauty of the risk coach is if we have to throw a kid in there – that has no clue that maybe he's only had three reps at guard, he can at least give effort by reading what he has to do. Okay. So does that does that limit number of play calls you have for a certain game? It, it does to a point. Um, 
because when we make the risk coach or I make the risk coaches, it's usually Monday. Um, I spend Sunday night and Monday making the risk coaches. So that means that unless I feel like that I'm going to change my game plan in, on Wednesday, right. we're going to stick with those risk coaches. Now, has that happened before? Yeah, it's happened before. But, um, I, you know, we have to – if we're going to have those on the risk coach, that's going to be part of our, a major part of our game plan. Now, are there other plays that we'll have in the package as well? Yeah, but those risk coach plays are the plays that we're comfortable with. And it, it ranges from 36 to sometimes we'll only go 18. Okay. Uh, but what we do that's different is that our run game numbering system allows us to get in any formation we want and call the run game no matter where we're at. We can be in wing T and call the run game, and each kid knows what to do. That includes right. motion and everything else. So we don't have to necessarily use the risk coach. But um, we, and that's that's the beauty of that. And when I wanted to talk to you on, in March, is uh, the beauty of our offense is we can get in any formation at any time and run the same plays. Yeah, and we don't have to change anything. No verbiage changes. You know, for us, forty-one is forty-one. That's inside trap for us. So we can run that at a spread. We can run that at a tight. We can run at anything. Right. I've worked for a guy in 2010 at Orange Park High School in Orange Park, Florida, and we were very similar, multiple wing tee, but we'd also get in the gun. Uh, now, one thing I didn't like is we only like half half field red. Like if they called, we called a pass play to the right, the receivers to the left ran dummy routes. Like they didn't run a route. They just kind of yeah. stood there. They used to drive me nuts. Uh, as an old line coach, I'm like, why are they just standing there? You know, uh, but it was, I found it interesting. We'd like self-scout. We'd be in like 30 different formations for the first 30 plays of the game. And that's that's hard to deal with as a defense coordinator. Drives, drives defense crazy. One thing we like to do, and I'm sure everybody that's watched this on film knows this, that we'll come out in the first drive of the game in a different formation or a variation of that formation that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And that way... You can't scout that. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We can always go back to what we do. Sure. And that's that's really our philosophy on offense is we do what we do. And, right. and make us make us change that. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's you know, we're when we talked in the off season, I mean we golly, we're inside zone variations of inside zone seventy sixty five to seventy percent of our you know, our deal. But our stuff's an option here. We're trying to read yeah. somebody. You know, but it's cool. Everybody has people have success doing different different things. That's really neat. Yeah, and I, I think that's the interesting thing about football. It's not baseball, basketball, or everything else. Is mm-hmm. you can have success in this, and somebody else can have success in this, and they can be two completely different schemes and teaching methodologies, and uh, it's just just finding the right thing at the right time. In a lot of, in a lot of games. Yeah, that's that's like you said. I mean, that's that's so cool. Cause, I mean. We were texting back and forth some fifty defensive stuff I got from a guy in Texas, and you know, like they're really good at it. You know, but you can be really good running three three or yeah. four three or four two, and that's that's the beauty of it, I guess. And and you're like me when we talk about defense and even offense, you want your your style to match your your players. Sure, you, you don't want your players to have to fit into a certain scheme. And I know there's coaches that do it the opposite way too, because that's what they know and they've done it for a long time. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I, that's what's I think 
amazing about football is my dad would say there's so many ways to skin a cat and uh you know the football is one of those things uh, I, and it's it's just like a chess game it's a moving chess game the entire time mm-hmm. it is uh that's awesome that's awesome well uh, thanks for coming on and um we love talking football with the chapmanville staff and coach barker is one of the, the bright young minds of west virginia and uh thanks for listening and uh, i'll put this up in a couple of days on iTunes.